This time on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about Indie Game, the movie. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is episode 10. Uh, so Indie Game, the movie, is a, a documentary that came out in beginning of 2012. And it's directed by James Swirsky. And I am going to do my absolute best to pronounce the second director's name, which to me looks like Lizanne Poyot? Poyot? Uh, spelled P-A-J-O-T. So I, my French is horrible, unfortunately. Uh, so basically, the movie documents the lives of uh, four indie developers working on three separate games. And they they made the decision, the directors made the decision to talk about Jonathan Blow, who had already shipped an indie game. And uh, also the Super Meat Boy team, who was sort of in the process of launching a game. And um, also a little different timescale, but they also talked to Phil Fish, uh, who was working on Fez, of course. So it, it spans, you know, the, the complete release of... Super Meat Boy, and not quite the complete release of Fez, but but deep in development, and they're talking to John Jonathan Blow afterwards. Uh, so we thought we would, you know, it, it, it did come out early in 2012, but we thought we would visit it now because it's available, at least at this moment, on Netflix streaming, and, and you can get it on iTunes as well. And uh, we had just talked about a bunch of indie games, so we thought, eh, this is a good opportunity to, to talk about a movie that documents this. So, Justin, what did you think about the movie? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought, you know, going into it, I wasn't sure what tack they would take when they would document the process here because there's a lot of different ways I think I could go. Um, you know, they could talk about the technical aspects and, you know, how hard it is just to deliver this kind of a product or they could talk about, you know, and, and they touched on a little bit like the process of, you know, jumping through all the market hoops and like working with other people, publishers. But I thought it was interesting that they kind of talked about like, just the emotional toll that these people had to go through to get this done. And so just to see like the blood, sweat and tears that it took to ship these games, which, you know, by, you know, today's standards are not very big games, but just about killed some of these people to get them out. And so I thought it was a really neat look at sort of like the emotional ride that they go through to, to produce these games. So I really enjoyed it. Steve, what do you think? Uh, I was not a huge fan of the movie. Uh, there, there were parts I enjoyed. The music was beautiful. I also, I like the details I talked about in how they were, you know, what, what goes into designing the games, like how do you design levels and how do you choose game mechanics and stuff. I thought that was really interesting and sort of new sort of information I didn't know. I, for the rest of it, I felt that it was, there, there were kind of two problems I had with it. One, that it was just so heavy on this emotional side of, you know, making the games, which to me was just, it felt like any other, you know, startup experience. Which being, you know, in the valley, like everybody goes for the same blood, sweat and tears and no sleep and no social life, like, you know, startup experience for shipping a 1.0. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. It's the same. I mean, it's it's nothing different. It's just you're doing a game instead of another app, you know? So, you know, whatever. It was kind of, kind of boring for me. And I felt like there was all this whole, like, sort of focus on the, in the movie about all these deadlines. Oh, they have, you know, 24 hours or they have three days or whatever, you know. And it felt like kind of like, I don't know, reality TV-ish. Like, oh, can they get, they get the app ready in time for this, like, this you know, conference or this other thing? And, and I'm like, of course they're going to. I mean, like, this is a movie, you know. And I don't, I don't know. It felt like there was just so much of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and so much, so, so much time spent with these people being depressed and talking about suicide or how they're going to murder this person because this person was suing them also felt kind of reality TV-ish, all this lawsuit stuff. And is the, is the lawsuit going to be resolved in time? So can I ship this thing? And all this drama was just like, 
I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. And and it, I wish there was more of the interesting stuff about like well, what goes into making a game and how is that different than building other kinds of software. So I don't know. It was it was okay, but I wasn't a big fan of the film. Uh, so I loved this movie, and the reason is is that I think um, it not. I mean, there, there's a couple things I I kind of have quibbles with, which I'll talk about in a sec, but. I wish every, you know, in terms of the treatment, like the way the story was told, I wish every document uh, documentary was structured this way. Because the thing about the presentation of the story that I really liked was that there was almost no, there, there was definitely no voiceover as far as like just just the the people they were talking to were the ones almost exclusively providing the voiceover. And there's very little like lead-in text or like explanatory text or anything. The only time you saw that was when they were talking about, hey, it's this date. And they're about ready to launch on this date or, you know, something that was required to understand the context. But it was very, very minimalist. And I love that. The soundtrack, I agree, was fantastic, uh, and which is not something I was necessarily expecting and I really liked. But, um, I, God, I don't know. I, I, I think I just really connected with the the people, you know, in, in, in some way. I agree that that it was there was a lot of focus on sort of their mental instability. But, I, I mean, I got the impression, at least, that that came from... That, that was sincere. That wasn't like sort of tilted in that way. And the other thing is, I think it was very much a movie that was designed for a mainstream audience or, or at least accessible to a mainstream audience. So if they, if they went deep into the mechanics of building the games, I think it would have been a different kind of movie. And it's, it felt to me like they just decided to not make that kind of movie. Um, and I think I would have enjoyed that movie also, you know, that for different reasons. But I, th- I think it, the attempt here was, at least was to say, for people who are not game developers and not software developers, well, what is it like? Like, what's that whole process like? The downside, the only reason I didn't love, you know, totally front to back love the movie is it did, it does kind of perpetuate the stereotype of like people who write, you know, write games can't interact with normal people. You know, I I don't, this is just a a pure conjecture on my part, but I don't think that was a, a decision made by the directors going in. I think that's just sort of what they encountered. Um, but you know, there was something, I, 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 it's very hard for me to like hone in on why I loved it so much. I think it, it, to me, was just such a genuine personal thing. And, and there was like some pretty real story arcs, you know, between the different characters. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just liked the experience of watching it. And I really liked the way the structure of the documentary, I do understand the, the, the concern about like it does really spend a lot of time talking about how each person has sort of their mental issues. But on the other hand, you know, it, a, a flip side of that would have been, they could have cut all that stuff out and they could have just talked about, you know, a very superficial experience. Whereas in reality, when you are trying as an individual, trying to launch a potentially very big game, you may hit those things like where it's like, yeah, there's no funding or like kind of thing. So I thought it was at least conceptually cool that they, they didn't try to paper over that. And that was part of the, the experience. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately I, I love this kind of movie and this was one of the best versions of this kind of movie I've seen. So I really enjoyed it. Speaking of the, the structure, um, what, what did you guys think about the way that sort of Fez and Super Meat Boy were kind of the main narrative and the you know, narratives and then sort of the braid story was kind of sort of injected seeming like the, at the beginning and at the end and occasionally it kind of popped up in the middle like it did it feel unbalanced to you guys totally i mean yeah i noticed that you know after watching it i was like you know we saw 
an awful lot of the behind the scenes of how these two are getting made. And maybe that just has to do with the time that they filmed it. I think that was, I think that at the time that they filmed it, Braid was already out and had been out for a while. And so, you know, what, there's not a lot for the developer to talk about at that point, except like how his game was received or maybe sort of his thought process while making it. But you don't get to see all the ups and downs of of the development because it's already over. Um, But yeah, it definitely seemed like they, Braid was almost like an afterthought. Um, so yeah, I, I agree that yeah. it was kind of like a little heavily skewed towards either two, which is fine. That's where all the drama was. But yeah, I, mean, I feel like he had a lot of great individual quotes and little like monologues, which helped underscore the lessons from the other stories. And so he almost he had this kind of almost strange role of like a narrator. Yeah, like, or you know, I thought for, he was like God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the voice of God of game. Yeah, because it starts and ends, and there's this really this really profound like final you know monologue he gives at the end that you know sums up the other guy's experiences, and it was sort of nice. And I don't know, how, you know, it kind of provided a way to wrap it up, but. It didn't really feel like he added a tremendous amount beyond that. Yeah, not really. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly like what they were trying to like convey with a lot of the stuff that he talked about. You know, because like with the other two, you know, it's obvious that they're trying to, you know, show how hard it is to produce the stuff and jump through all these hoops and you know these deadlines and come with all this money. But with him, it was more like him talking about you know whether or not people get what he's going for with his game. Like, do they yeah. understand? Like. The complexity of the message and I mean, some of it, I felt like I don't know. I, I I didn't really connect with him. He was like, me neither. You know, he's like, oh, you know, I made this most one of the most successful indie game, you know, games of all time. You know, blah blah. blah. But it, you know, all these reviews that are like super positive, you know, and nine out of ten, ten out of ten. You know, everybody loved it so much, but they didn't love it for the right reasons. So I was really depressed. I'm like, well. Okay, uh, <laughs> I feel so duty. sorry for you. I, I don't know. Like, well, I really but, had a hard time. Like, yeah. but that's not a criticism of the documentary. It's a criticism of his personality. Yeah, oh, which totally. is different. No, yeah, exactly. But it was sort of. I mean, for the other the other two stories, I kind of was like, I was like rooting for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for him, I'm like, it kind of like was sort of. I don't know. Like, I was turned off by his story. But I think know? that's part of the message. Like, I think part of the the thing there is that he. he it, it's kind of hard to articulate, but like the fact that you would have that reaction, I think, is part of the thing he was trying to say, which is like, it's very difficult for him to articulate why it is that it's unsatisfying for them to sort of be praising the graphics and the sound and that kind of stuff. And for him, it seemed to be something more personal. And he, it's the message he was trying to convey there, I think was like, Oh, well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that people really like the game for these reasons, but I wish I found I, through the game, it sounded like he was trying to find other people out there that were like him. And the fact that all the attention or the, the feedback he got was from people who were not like him, but happened to have this overlap of they like this this kind of superficial experience of the game. I mean, I, th- I think the fact that you reacted to that was what he was saying. I mean, that, that was the message I got from him is like, yeah, I can't interact with people in the way that other people kind of socialize. So my attempt was to sort of throw this message in a bottle out in the sea and see who found it. And they found it, but they like threw away the message <laughs> and just drank from the bottle, you know? So I, I thought that was, that didn't, I, I actually liked that part of it. I liked the fact that he was honest about it instead of just saying, yeah, this is great. And he was like, oh, I'm doing a documentary. So I should talk about all the good parts. He was, I mean, in my mind was very forthcoming about the fact that that's great, but that wasn't what I was trying to do, which I don't know. I, I found that interesting. Yeah, and I, I definitely can kind of see where he was coming from, especially when they had the video where Soldier Boy reviews mm-hmm. Braid, yeah. which was painful to watch, even yeah. for me. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, man, I'm not even the guy who wrote this game, and I, I'm like so frustrated watching <laughs> watching Soldier Boy. He's like, ain't no point to the game, just run around, jump on stuff. I'm like, oh god, this is painful to watch. Like, but in fa- in fairness, I think the other thing is that it's those that, and this is just for any creative anything you ever do. 
there's always going to be that part of the audience, if you're successful, that doesn't get it for those reasons. But those people are are funding your ability to go do something else interesting, right. which, you know, I, I thought was interesting. Me, yeah, I mean, I think I get that. I just felt like he just came across to me as being like... You're not, talking about Jonathan Blow, not so yeah, John, yeah, Jonathan Blow, like, <laughs> yes. I mean, Clarify, yes. not the rapper. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's almost, like, ungrateful to all those, you know, like, lot of people are, like, you know, praising his game and stuff, and he almost, like, he, I see if he felt offended by that. Well, but we don't and know how it was edited. We don't yeah, have that. Yeah, that's true. So it's hard to know. But, like, I mean, I... I mean, the way you explained it, I was much more sympathetic to your explanation of, like, of his experiences than his... his I did work in Braid's PR. Just, yes. you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, if, if nothing, if you cut off the thing with Jonathan Blow and you cut off the thing with Fez, just the core story with Super Meat Boy I thought was so compelling. And, and the fact that it's in Santa Cruz, which is really... Yeah. You know, I've grown up here, so that was really cool. And the, it, it... I don't know. I think I just liked the idea that... These people, A, were willing to expose their lives on a documentary. Yeah. And B, that they put, they, watching the, the process of somebody pouring their heart and soul into something. And then on the other end of it, people really loving it. I, you know, that is enough for me. Like, I will go to a movie theater just to see that. So yeah. I, I thought that was cool. And all the, like, the fan art, like, at the very end, I don't think we really have to worry about spoilers because it is a documentary. Um, but at the very end, you know, they, they get, like, people recording, uh, the you know walkthroughs and they're watching that and they're watching people send fan art it's like yes that's awesome when you do something like that and people are like they don't just enjoy it but they enjoy it so much that they want to also be creative with the same stuff you've given them um and particularly the last scene where he's the the i forget his name but the programmer on uh or not the programmer the designer on super meat boy he was talking about some yes got a beard yeah he was you know he he knew some guy had you know, played the game all night and like didn't go to school so he could play the game. And he's like, maybe I inspired the next generation of kids, or at least this one kid, to go do the same thing. I mean, that is super cool. I, yeah. I really love that. And the soundtrack, I need to reiterate, was awesome. It was, so, and it was it, we, we looked it up, and it, Jim Guthrie, he also did the soundtrack for uh, Sword and Sorcery. Right. Sword and Sorcery. So, Sword and, yeah. Sorcery. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, the Super Meat Boy guys were totally the most relatable yeah. of the bunch. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, yeah, Jonathan Blow kind of has sort of his, like, I'm sure he's a very nice person, but the way he came across in the documentaries, that he's kind of in his ivory tower producing these wonderful works, works of art and us peasants. That, that, yeah, no one understands. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, Phil Fish kind of seemed like, you know, one of those guys who farms out all the work to other people and then takes all the credit, which is kind of the impression I got. Really? From the I thought he was Absolutely. actually doing all the artwork himself. Well, I got the impression that there was the other guy who was doing all of the programming. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, he appears in the he, documentary for literally, like, 15 seconds, barely enough time to get a speaking part. Yeah. He's, and I'm he's, like, wait a minute. I think he's doing all the programming he's like he's like he's like photoshop yeah he has this like like really like you know sort of weary looking expression on his face he's like yeah i've been i've been programming this for like three years (laughs) not really doing anything else even besides that and then there's other scenes later where the designer guy is like i did all this whole thing and yeah people don't take credit for it and you know or fez you know fez yeah you know, and, you know, so like, and then like, oh, I'm going to murder this other person for trying to like, you know, ruin my opportunity or whatever. I'm like, well, he was your partner. He was presumably doing something. Right. <laughs> like you, you, but we don't know. I mean, we I don't mean, know any part of I don't really know, but yeah, the thing is like, this very he's, limited window. But, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's like, he rails about how like, you know, he is Fez and all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, wait, we already saw this evidence of this other guy. He was clearly like contributing to Fez and a lot. A, and there's a new partner. Yeah. So there's at least three people currently involved, or at the time the movie was filmed, there were three people who were actively involved in creating Fez, and yet Phil Fish seems to like to reiterate that he is the creator of Fez, and that kind of felt like scummy to me. I was like, you know, I mean, I appreciate how much work you're probably doing, but like, you know, you can spread the love around a little bit. I don't know. I just, I got sort of, I wanted to like him. 
but I kind of got like a weird, like slimy impression from him that he was kind of the typical marketing type that, you know, takes all the credit and actually makes, you know, the poor engineers do all the work. I, you know, it's funny that the, the that I, I never played Fez. I don't, did you get play Fez? Mm-hmm. Okay. This movie kind of made me want to play it though. It, it, it looks absolutely great. beautiful. It looks really, really, really cool. Really clever. Yeah. It looks really cool. So I'm, I, we should I, also point out that Phil Fish has like very publicly canceled Fez 2. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Uh, very recently. So. Yeah. So it's, it's Fez 1 is actually on uh, Mac and Windows, Xbox Live. I think that's it. Sounds so, right. Um, but it's, it's on Steam. Uh, it might actually be on Linux as well, but I'm not sure. Um, but so, you know, I, I would recommend it certainly to somebody in our industry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, would you, you're not sure. I mean, I think I would recommend it to most people, particularly if they don't have a great sort of mental model of like how software is made. because it's actually a pretty good encapsulation of how small independent software as a whole is made. You know, um, if you live and breathe that world or, or did at some point in the recent history, it may feel a lot of like, uh, you know, like exactly what you would imagine. Like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what any developers are like, and okay, um, I don't know. That's, that was my impression. But if you if you're not in that world, I, I would recommend it. I thought it was cool that we've reached the point where this could be made into a documentary. You know, like there's there's the it's happened before. There's uh, Joel Spolsky's company Fog Creek did a documentary years ago where they basically just put a camera in front of all of their summer interns. And the interns launched a product over the course of three months or something. Did you see that? I haven't seen it. I really want to see it. I think it's called Project Aardvark, which is the code name of the project that they worked on. Um, And it's freely available online somewhere. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. But it's in sort of the same vein where it's like a behind-the-scenes look at, you know, all of the deadlines and pressure and people like flaking out and sleeping under their desks and stuff like that. There's one more thing that I just want to mention, which is that I – this is maybe delivered too heavy-handedly. Uh, but I thought it was kind of cool where they they expressed the idea that the games were kind of a reflection of the people. Mm-hmm. So in, in in some cases it was really heavy handed. But when they were talking about the Super Meat Boy team, and he and uh, God, I wish I could remember the guy's name. But the, uh, the so Edmund the, is the yes. guy with the beard. Edmund and Tommy yeah. is the right. other guy with the smaller beard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the stubble. <laughs> so Edmund was talking about the the sensibilities of like, or not the sensibilities, but you know who Super Meat Boy is. And you could tell as he was describing it, and part of this is because of the way it was edited. But you can tell he was basically describing himself that the game was sort of an embodiment of sort of his insecurities. And the fact that the the girlfriend that you're saving in Super Meat Boy, it was I thought it was a really touching way to explain it because he was basically saying, well, Super Meat Boy has no skin, you know, and he's just basically vulnerable to everything. Like just being in the world is, is sort of problematic for him. And he said his his girlfriend in the game, uh, you know, is made of bandages, you know, and, and provides like kind of a protective shell. I thought it was a really sweet thing. If nothing else, you know, you'd think the wife would be like, oh, my God, that's the best thing anybody's ever said about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, Especially it, because he's the only one of the people in the documentary who you see their yes, significant other. Yeah. So well, Phil Fish, there, yeah, Phil Fish mentioned he had a girlfriend. But, yeah, Which the only one here. you see on yeah. screen, yeah. And I also, by the way, thought it was cool that Tommy said – they said that Tommy could pay off his parents' debt. Yeah. With the income from Super Meat Boy, which is pretty awesome. Really cool. But they, they did kind of hint at the fact that uh, – or, or you just get the impression that – you know, the Fez is Phil Fish, you know, mm-hmm. for better or worse, you kind of get this impression because he talks about frequently he, he seems like he's in a bad mood the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But Fez is supposed to be a very relaxing, like kind of atmospheric, awesome world. And you kind of get the impression that he wrote the game so he could be in it. Right. So he wouldn't have to spend all his time for whatever reason. He's not happy in yeah his world. You mm-hmm. know, so I thought that was interesting. No, that's cool. So. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> First thing you said. Few words, but very meaningful words. 
Uh, okay, so I don't I don't think we have spoilers this time because we just kind of blasted right, yeah. right through them. Oh, one thing before we close, though, we should yeah. point out that the movie is available as of right now on Netflix streaming for yes. free. So if you're a Netflix subscriber, you can watch this without having to shell out any money. So just that's kind of one of the... Yeah, that was one of the driving one factors. Of the, in the pro yeah, yeah. column for us reviewing it. <laughs> yeah. Watch it for free. So it's on Netflix as of uh, the time that you hear this. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, I think that's about it. We're not going to have spoilers this time because we just kind of blasted right through those, but... We would uh, really like to hear from you guys if you're enjoying the show, or I guess even if you're not enjoying the show. Uh, either way, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. You can follow us on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter, at lowearthshow. And if you get a moment, we would really appreciate it if you could go into iTunes and give us a rating and an actual written review, because that really helps people track us down and check the show out. So I think that's it. Talk to you next time. Okay. Um, this time on Low Earth Orbit, we talk about indie game the movie. Yeah. This oh, <laughs> oh sorry. I just wanted <laughs> no, to I thought, I thought you were doing something. Okay. Uh, oh, I did actually. Do you have the director's name? Because that's the only thing I don't remember. There's two directors: James Swirsky and Lisan. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of these. Yeah, <laughs> it's all you, uh, James Median, James Swirsky, and Lizanne. How would you say that? Uh, the, so Edmund the, is the yes. guy with the beard. Edmund, and Tommy yeah. is the right. other guy with the smaller beard. Right, <laughs> 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 ain't no point to the game. Just run around, <laughs> jump on stuff.